You are listening to another episode of Frontline Medic Podcast, brought to you by the Frontline Medic community. My name is Hassan Axelsson, and I am your host for this podcast. If you want to get the latest insights from the Frontline Medic community, make sure to sign up for a regular newsletter on frontlinemedic.org. In this episode, we are talking to Devin Murphy, who is the Senior Vice President of Operations for Barry's. Devin has a big passion for fitness, and in her current role, Devin has helped bring the brand to fitness fanatics worldwide, including Denmark, Italy, Qatar, Australia, Mexico City, Singapore, just to mention some of them, and of course, Sweden, where I'm originally from. Tag along as we uncover the secret of what it truly takes to unmute the front line, be nice to people, and work out. And I'm so pleased to have you on this podcast. Thank you very much for including me and thinking of me in this podcast. With your background and having being a professional athlete as well, do you have any daily habits to follow that kind of have addressed because of that? I actually have, have many. So I would describe myself as a very like routine driven person. So, but I think overarching, I often joke that I was born on time. I was born 20 minutes into my due date. And so I think for me, like overall, the daily habit I most, I I follow to a T is punctuality, which may not feel like a habit to some people, but it is to me. And for me, it's the thing that if it on the very rare occasion that it's off, it feels like my entire center is imbalanced. And yes, for me, daily punctuality is my biggest habit. Amazing. So tell me about a customer experience that you recently had that you really enjoyed. And this could be from any brand that you maybe um, on a regular basis interact with. Yeah. And so I think one of uh, my favorite things about my role at Barry's is actually that I get to travel all the time uh, and get to visit different studios and meet different uh, team members as well as clients all over the world and spend a lot of time in the skies. So I'm a very frequent air traveler and it's never lost on me. Hey, what a hard job that was before the pandemic, but also now that it's just become infinitely more difficult. And so I think often too, it's an area in a group I really try and practice gratitude with as well. And so I was on a recent flight from LA to Miami and the flight attendant, Jeffrey with American Airlines, just the entire experience and how he took care of people really stuck with me. The first was when he came around before the flight left, you know, and introduced himself and asked, can I call you Devin? And I was like, of course, thank you so much. At the end of the flight, he did come by. He thanked me for my loyalty. And we realized through the course of the conversation that we would actually be on the same return flight two days later. And I was, again, surprised and delighted when I got on the plane two days later he remembered and he was like, how was your week, Devin? It's great to see you again. And I guess I just know how many countless people they see day in, day out. And so the fact that he had remembered that interaction and was able to act upon it and continue to build the relationship two days later really struck me. And I actually saw him again last week as well. Yeah. What a great story. It feels like you have a very like positive and quite energized attitude towards life in general. So how do you think that is something that reflects on the business and also on the culture of the business? 
Yeah. And so I'm definitely a big believer that attitude is contagious and also that people really take their cues from leadership around attitude, around culture and how they also show up. And so I am definitely an eternal optimist, as is Joey, who is the CEO of Berries. And I think the trickle down not only comes from people seeing that represented, you know, and acted upon, but it's also part of our value system. So Barry's is a very values driven organization. And one of our values is family and how we show up and treat and trust one another. We always say, if you're not having fun at Barry's, we're not doing it right. Something's wrong. And so we should actually take the time to double click on that and and see what may lingering beneath the surface. So I think it's, it's equal parts. It's what people see when they experience, but we also have really ingrained it into our culture through our values system. And I think like another way we really teach that to studios is we actually give every single one of uh, our studios a budget every month that's completely devoted to client experience and making someone's day. And we see it as such an important positive part of our client experience. And our team is just as excited to delight people as I think the client is to be surprised by that action too. So how can that uh, budget be used or do you have some examples that you can give on how people have actually been using that budget? Yeah, it can really be so many different things. So for sure, we really like to, of course, celebrate the really big positive milestones in someone's life. So their birthday, their engagement, a new baby, a wedding, a graduation, any of the we want to really take the time to let the person know that we're celebrating along with them. And so we we send a lot of flowers, we toast a lot of champagne, we eat a lot of cupcakes and donuts (laughs) for being a fitness company. And so it's a lot of individual celebration, but we also will sometimes use, instead of it being a lot of individuals, a studio will use that budget to instead do a community event. And so with that, they're not celebrating anything in particular necessarily, but they really want to use um, that to get the community together and just be able to hang out and have a good time within our four wall because we know that has such a positive impact on both the team and the clients and really strengthens uh, the community. Very cool. And I think I read from the interview that we did with you for the book, which is amazing, by the way, I read about um, your service standard where you want, you know, the training to be the best part of the day, which is, that is quite, it could be quite a big gap for someone that might not be on the level of, oh, I really enjoy doing my training just to someone that really loves doing the training. Being in the fitness industry, how do you think you create that behavior change so people really feel excited about coming to the training and seeing it as the highlight of the day. Yeah. And I think we do it in many different ways. It really, of course, starts with someone being brave enough to come for their first time. And we really recognize that uh, a lot of people are, are terrified because it is a behavior change for a lot of people. And so we try and make that first experience, again, as fun and friendly as it can be, because we know that once you're in the studio, it is going to be hard work. And so we try and have the rest of it be as soft as possible. And then as the client journey continues, one of our biggest programs, we call the milestone program. And it, again, it fits into our culture and our value and our love of celebrating people. And so that is to honor the amount of classes and training that someone has done with us. And so again, it starts at that first class 
And we want to celebrate that, that you've come and you're willing to give us a try. The next moment that we really honor is that 10 classes. And because we recognize that someone who's really building habit with us, and that's really exciting for us as a company. And it means we're starting to get to know them. The hope is that we are greeting them by their first name at that point. And we're starting to have some level of familiarity. And so it continues from there, 25, 50, 100, and celebrations can go in line with that. We always try and tailor them, of course, to, to what we know the person would enjoy because some people want to shout from the rooftops and some people might prefer something a little more private. To give you like an example of kind of how this continues is we recently, and we love when we're actually getting clients to milestones we haven't yet. Like that's yeah. exciting <laughs> for us. And so we recently had a client who's going to be celebrating their 3000th class with us which was super exciting and actually not one we had done before. And you were like, oh gosh, like what can we do to really show this client how important they are to our community, to our team? As much as I think people like to show up and see our team, we love seeing the clients. That makes our day too. And so to have been able to spend 3000 classes with someone is a really big deal. But of course, by this point, we had already done flowers, retail, balloons. We had used all of those traditional moments of celebration and we really wanted to do something special. So what we actually did is we took one of our studio benches that people do the floor exercise at the workout portion on and we spray painted it before they arrived. So it had the client's initials and, and the 3000 milestone on the side of the bench. And then of course we had other things to honor her waiting. So when she went in to take her spot that day, she actually had a custom piece of, of studio equipment waiting for her, which we, of course, we hand delivered to her home after. So she got to take a piece of berries home with her because she does also do digital workouts too. So it was just like an exciting moment for us to be able to like flat our family value, our fun value, our innovation value. And again, that that is what people can expect when they come on this journey with us that hopefully if they're sitting at home on the couch and they're like, oh, I don't really feel like working out today, but they're like, I'm on class 99. I'm almost there. And when 100 yeah. happens, it's going to be this really fun moment. So hoping that it helps get people, you know, off the couch and into berries and some of those moments where otherwise you might not want, you might not quite make it in. Amazing. What a great story. That's, that's so cool. And how do you think you empower your staff to come up with those ideas and solutions to some of the customers, like the, the personal workout <laughs> equipment? <laughs> yeah, I think we have a very open idea culture and, and innovation is another one of our core values. So we really take that uh, seriously and we really recognize that a good idea can come from anywhere. So we encourage studios when they have started doing something new that they think is really working to let us know. I think an example of that is actually, so we use light boxes in all of our studios as a way to celebrate a lot of these moments. And that was actually started uh, by an hourly front desk team member in Venice, California. So he just had the idea one day that this would be a great way to just be able to get quick messages across in a fun, you know, sort of retro way that felt like us. And I can remember walking in, visiting that studio and, and seeing it. I really love that. What is it? And from there, and with, you know, the help of, of and buy-in of Joey, we started to scale it across the country. And again, now this, this light box is actually systematically built in to our milestone program and everything that we do. It is a part of our studio life 
365 days a year. And we see the studio team members and managers come up with amazing puns, funny slogans. If they don't, they're not celebrating something in that particular class, it's a place for their creativity. And it's, it's become something that we're very well known in all of our studios across the world. That is such a cool thing to do for your team members and yeah, your customers. Can yeah. You- and it, it, it came, yeah, just from a single team member with an idea and he was empowered to, to give it a try. Yeah, that's amazing. And just showcase the openness of your culture as well and how you build on that innovation within the company. What do you think is the difference between an experience that is average and one that is like over the top, really awesome? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I definitely, we often reference the Maya Angelou quote that people will never forget the way you make them feel. And I think that definitely plays you know, a role here in, in setting an experience apart. I think the big things we always reinforce to our, our frontline team members is we remind them that they're consumers in their own life. And so they know what it feels like for an experience to be great or not great. We've all experienced them on both sides in our own lives outside of where we work. So we, of course, definitely encourage people to make that choice, right? And make it great. And I think you really see the mastery of this in terms of how it makes people feel when you're actually tasked with delivering bad news. And that is a part of our our life too. Day in, day out, again, people are really looking forward to their workout at Barry's. And there are many situations where all of a sudden now the person actually telling them it's not going to happen. And how we do that and read the situation, recover and offer something to the client to make it up to them is really huge. And again, if you can make someone feel good while delivering bad news, I think that is actually like the true mastery of making an experience awesome. And can you tell me about that? I read about the example that you gave for the book where you had a power cut. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. So tell me about that one, because I thought that was oh, yeah. this is really, really creative. Instead of turning your customers down, you actually put on this show yeah. for them almost. <laughs> so yeah, and our so our days start early in, in most studios, at least pre-pandemic, we have a 5 a.m. class. And so that means the key in the door with the first frontline employees at 4.30 a.m. And so on this particular Friday morning in New York, the person team member opened to find that we had very extremely limited power. Unbeknownst to us, there was a leak behind a closed door that was leaking directly onto our circuit breaker. And so it had fried the circuit breaker overnight. And so we had some lights at like the front desk, but we had no power in the studio. And so again, they picked up the phone. We always tell people like, if if it's something you can't solve, of course, give us a call. So I was up, other managers in New York, of course, and other studios were all up. And again, the only thing in our mind was, how are we going to make this right for clients? Because the adversity that we're up against is that it is very early people don't often check their email before they're coming to a five or a 6 a.m. class. And the last thing we want to do is have someone who has bravely got up in the cold to go work out at six in the morning. And then we're going to be the ones to tell them that we don't have anything to offer them. 
So knowing all of that, we were like, what can we do? And so the 5 a.m. we actually just offered by camp with weights. We were like, you're here. Of course, we're going to give you the class back. This is not going to be at cost to you, but you are up and you are here. So we are going to make sure that you get a sweat in and your day is set up for success. But we're looking at the 6 and 7, 10 a.m., which were both totally sold out. And so we thankfully had just opened another studio nearby, probably about a 15 minute drive with no traffic, which thankfully there wasn't at that hour in New York. And so we had some capacity there. So we got all the managers on a quick call. How many spots can you reserve based on late cancels, et cetera, in your early morning classes? And so we reserved all of those. We were like, great. And then every single person that was up called an Uber SUV to the studio that had no power. So we had a line of SUVs out front. And so as clients arrived for the 6 a.m., what we did is we would put them five or six in an Uber and we'd be like, we're so sorry. We're sending you to our studio at Park Avenue South. It's on us today. But the least we can do is make sure that you get a workout. We're like, it's okay if you're late, we're holding the spot for you and on your way. And so we just kept doing that. And so every single person who showed up was given the opportunity if they wanted to work out at another one of our studios. And not only that, but it became this nice little community builder that people had an Uber ride with. Maybe it's a client they see frequently, but they hadn't really ever gotten to know. But it was, you know, just all of us putting our collective sort of innovation minds to work in, in the very early hours of how are we going to make this experience a positive one for our clients, even with all of this kind of working against us. Yeah, that's such a great story. And it really lives up to your service standard as a business, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, that's yeah, awesome we're, We try and be as accountable as we can. We tell people and, and managers specifically, we're like, even if everyone does their job perfectly from now until the end of time, stuff is still going to go wrong. And there's nothing we can do about that except recover and make it right for people. And so we're like, you never have to be scared about something going wrong because it's going to happen. So instead, just be ready to think about how we make it right. Amazing. So what do you think other fitness industries can learn from, um, or, uh, sorry, what do you think other industries can learn from the fitness industry when it comes to recognize shamans? And yeah, just that I, th I find that the fitness industry does that really well in terms of the positive mm -hmm. reinforcement. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things, and I think what kind of makes boutique fitness is still a pretty new industry on the whole. And I think one of the things that really sets it apart and makes it equal part challenging, but also really rewarding is that it actually sits at the intersection of high end and high volume. And I do think other industries can learn from how boutique fitness manages to deliver a very premium experience in a very short period of time. I know that I personally have learned a lot from the high volume, low end model, as well as the low volume, high end model. But we have combined it again into something that, that we've made our own. And those two things really don't want to get most days. It's how are we getting 59 people into this room in a very short period of time while making sure that we're not missing a birthday, missing a celebration, and making sure that first timers feel welcome and that they have all the information that they need. And so I do think it, it's just, it's become its own niche, but I think, yeah, we're one of the few that, that really works at that intersection of trying 
trying to deliver a very premium experience in a very small amount of time. And so some of the stuff we talked about, like the milestone program, actually like the light boxes have given us the flexibility and the ability to actually execute this day in and day out. That's amazing. And how do you recognize your staff? You said you have some you know, recognitions for your customers, but you also have something mm-hmm. similar for your staff when they're doing good things for, for the business. Yeah. And I think so outside of the usual channels of growth and promotion, we have goals, incentives. We love a good contest with a prize. And so we just finished our sort of annual holiday sale, which we always say is really like the most fun five days of the year for us. It's the only time we discount anything and we try and have as much fun with it as possible. Everything from like holiday onesies to it's the moment where we flip our studios and all of the holiday decor is front and center. And it's just fun. But with that, every studio has goals and their incentives that go with hitting those goals, as well as the recognition across your team. We also just finished again, we actually had prizes as it relates to holiday decor. So we give everyone guidelines, but then it's completely up to them and how they want to bring that vision to life. And so everything from like the overall vision to how they decorate their logo Chevron and Holland, we, they submit pictures. We looked at all of them. It was especially cutthroat this year because every studio did such an amazing job. We were able to pick a first, second, third, and they are going to be honored this week. Not only did they you know, receive a prize, but they're also going to be honored in front of the whole company at our quarterly town hall. Amazing. I would love to see some of those photos. <laughs> yeah, they, they did an amazing job. And knowing that, but it was like innovative. Yeah. If you've ever tried to wrap a logo that's on a wall, I, I it's pretty uh, phenomenal that people are able to do this in, in a way that looks. That sounds so cool. If you want to create a better experience for your customer, what do you think is one simple thing that they can start with today that would create a difference in the long term? Yeah, and I'm not sure it's something, certainly not something that can be finished in a day. But I think for us, what was monumental in really creating an amazing experience uh, for our customers was aligning on our mission, vision, values, and then delivering and designing an experience to deliver on that. Again, like from the interview process on, when team members align with and believe in your values, they are delivering a genuine experience reflective of that. The one thing is having alignment on what the mission, vision, values is and having team members understand what that means and how they show up to work every single day. I'd say the other sort of piece that may be easier to construct in in a shorter period of time is the strong connectivity between the front lines and leadership. So one of the ways we, we do this is that every studio at the end of the day puts together a daily manager summary that encompasses everything qualitatively and quantitatively that happened in the studio. So they have to pop client feedback and client experience on the day. And so from my vantage point, what that gives me is is an amazing window into what happened in the studios. And the minute I start to see the same feedback populate in two or three DMSs, we know that we either have something that's working or that we have to work on. And they may not you know, know that their vantage point is just the one studio, but that feedback and that connection to the front lines is immeasurably helpful. So my last question for you is, do you have a quote that you live by? 
Yeah. And it's not uh, so much a quote, but it's the Barry's mantra and it's work out hard and be nice to people. And so this was actually a sign that was in Joey, our CEO's house, and he was really taken by it. And it, it, it was just work hard and be nice to people. So we modified it as work out hard and be nice to people. And this is really, again, it is the experience that we are trying to deliver. It is our kind of values and what we stand for as a company. And it's, again, just our goal 365 days a year and our promise uh, to our clients. Amazing. Yeah, that's such a good quote. And yeah, it just summarizes everything that you guys stand for and mm -hmm. what you're here for. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of Frontline Magic Podcast with your host, Suzanne Exeson. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at Suzanne at frontlinemedic.org with any feedback or thoughts that you would like to share on this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Nicely. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a five-star rating. Frontline Magic provides you with the tools, insights, and inspirational stories you need to deliver an awesome customer experience. Sign up for free and learn more on frontlinemagic.org. And thanks for making Frontline work awesome.